Welcome to today's message by Pastor Tommy McMurtry of Liberty Baptist Church. Liberty Baptist Church is located in Rock Falls at 2002 9th Avenue, just across from the Dillon Grade School. Pastor Tommy would like to invite you to be a part of their Sunday services. The Sunday school hour is at 10 a.m., followed by their morning worship at 11 a.m., or their evening service at 6 p.m. They would also love to have you be a part of their midweek services on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We hope you will get a blessing this morning as Pastor Tommy brings you a message from the Word of God. Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for listening this morning. I'm Pastor Tommy McMurtry of the Liberty Baptist Church in Rock Falls. Come out and give us a visit one of these days. We'd love to have you come this morning. Our Sunday school service at 10 o'clock, our regular service at 11. You still have time to get there. And so we would love to have you today. Please come give us a visit. We would be honored to have you. And this morning, I just want to try to be a blessing and a help to you. And I always like to start it off telling a few funny stories that will hopefully get you in a good mood before you get to church. But, uh, of course, we're approaching Christmas now and a lot of shopping going on. And, unfortunately, this time of year, sometimes crime goes up a little bit. And here's a story about a man standing before a judge. And the judge asked the defendant what he was charged with. The man said, doing my Christmas shopping early. The judge says, "Well, well, that's not illegal. How early were you shopping? The man replied, before the store was open. Well, you know, I, th- I thought it was kind of funny. Um, here's another one. Lee, a seven-year-old boy, was glad to say thanks for the Christmas dinner. The family members bowed their heads in expectation. Lee began his prayer thanking God for his mommy, daddy, brothers, sister, grandparents, and all his aunts and uncles. Then he began to thank God for the food. He gave thanks for the turkey, the stuffing, the Christmas pudding, even the cranberry sauce. Then Lee paused and everyone waited and waited. After a long silence, the young fellow looked up at his mother and asked, If I thank God for the Brussels sprouts, won't he know I'm lying? Well, anyway, I thought it was funny, so I hope you all got a blessing from that. But anyway, this morning before I get to the message... I've got a question here that uh, someone emailed me, and you all can you can always email your questions anytime you like. If you have any uh, Bible questions you like answered, or maybe certain subject you would like to hear a message on, go ahead and email those to me at libertybc2011 at att.net. And if you do that, we'll try to answer those. That's libertybc is in Baptist Church 2011 at att.net. This is a good question that I have here this morning, and it is about a verse in the Bible from 1 Timothy chapter 5.21. It says, I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels that thou observe these things without preferring one another before another. Do nothing by partiality. And so the question is, in the following Bible verse, could you expound a bit? on who the elect angels would be or might be. I think this is the only place in the Bible I have seen that reference. Please correct me if I'm wrong. And I do believe that is the only place in the Bible where it refers to them as the elect angels. So what does that term elect mean? And I'm glad you asked me that question because there there is a lot of uh, division on what that word elect means. There's a couple different, a few different groups out there, a few different beliefs on what the term elect means or election in the Bible. 
And the definition of that particular word, elect, just basically means favorite, chosen, or elect. And so it's talking about the chosen angels or elect angels. And there's one more definition I'll get to in a minute. But I want to show you a few verses in the Bible where it uses the term elect. Usually when it's talking about the elect, it's referring to believers. Okay, And there are some groups out there that believed the elect is talk, always talking about Israel. And sometimes it is talking about believers in Israel, but I do not believe that Israel uh, is always the elect in general. Most of the time it's, uh, it's talking about believers. There are some people believe that the election are those that God has chosen to be saved. There, there are people that believe that God chose for some people to be saved and for some people to go to hell and be lost. And I do not believe that one bit. But let's look at a few uh, verses. Matthew twenty four twenty two says, And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved, but for the elect's sake those days shall be shortened. Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there believe it not, for there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. And so right there we see, uh, where he's talking about believers. And some would say, well, no, that's talking about Israel. But here's the thing. Jesus told Israel that when another would come in his own name, referring to the Antichrist, that they would follow him. They would believe him. They didn't believe Christ. But he said they would believe the Antichrist. And here in Matthew 24, the Bible says the believers uh, will not believe him. And that's uh, and then in Luke chapter 18, verse 6, it says, And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith, and shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? So right there, talking about answering prayers, and he's talking about his own elect. Romans 8.33, Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. If you're saved, nobody can charge you with anything to say that you're not saved. Any And people do this all the time in churches. If someone says they're saved... People will say, nope, they can't be saved. They do this or they do that. The Bible says, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. We are justified by His blood. My works, my changed life is not proof that I'm saved. The blood of Christ is proof that I am saved. And so, uh, very important thing to remember there. And then in verse 34, just to prove this is talking about Christians, who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? Nothing can separate us from Christ, not even your sin. No one can lay anything to the charge of God's elect. And then Colossians 3.11. Because people will try to put it in a group. Oh, it's Jews. No, it's this person. It's that person. No, Colossians 3.11 says, Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all, put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. So right there we see it's referring to believers. And why does it use that term elect? Well, that term elect it means chosen, okay? It means, you know, chosen. And who did God choose to be saved? 
Well, God chose that all who would believe would be saved. That's why the Bible says, you know, the way to get saved is not by being one of the chosen, because we can't help that. You get saved by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. That whosoever believeth in him, God chose. It was always his will. It was always his plan before the foundation of the world that all who would believe would be saved, and the elect or the chosen are always the believers and it uses that term and sometimes too if you look at where it calls believers elect in the new testament and you go back to the old testament sometimes it uses the word holy that's another word that's used and most of the time in the bible especially in the new testament it refers to the holy angels and in this particular passage, it uses the term elect angel. Sometimes we're referred to as holy because we are a separate, chosen, sanctified people. And all who believe are the elect. And we do know that there are some angels that sinned. There are some angels you know, that followed after Lucifer. And uh, therefore, the elect would be the ones that didn't. The ones who did the right thing. The ones who believed God and, trust, and did what God said to do. And so whenever you see that term elect, it, it means just chosen. Who are the chosen? Those who believe. It is never referring. It's not talking about a race or any group like that. It's those who believe. And you can be a chosen person if you will just believe. And the Bible says, uh, you know, in Revelation 17, 14, He is King of kings and Lord of lords, and they that are with Him are called and chosen and faithful. So if you believe... Christ today, if you're saved, you are elect, you are chosen. So remember that. And then, uh, so right now though, I want to get to the message. And this is a message I preached in my church uh, just a few weeks ago. So if you're from Liberty Baptist Church, you don't have to listen. You can skip today. But I think this message is very important. I wanted to share it with the radio audience because um, it's just it's very appropriate for the time that we're living in. Of course, we just ha- I, I preached this message. A few weeks ago, right after the Paris uh, attacks took place, and of course just a couple weeks ago that we had uh, some more terrorist attack that took place in America, and it'll only be a matter of time, and we're going to be hearing about more terrorist attack in other places in the world, and in America, this is going, this problem is not going away anytime soon. It is going to get worse. We will be hearing more and more of these stories. You say, well, how do you know that, Brother Tommy? And I'll tell you right now, it's because our country is doing everything it possibly can to pave the way for terrorist activities. And I don't want to get political this morning, but just mark it down. Uh, Things are not getting any better, and they are going to continue to get worse. And so I think this is important for us uh, to look at. This is an important thing for us to understand. But in first. Corinthians chapter 15, we see, and I'm not going to take time to read the whole passage, but it talks about, it's talking about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And he says in there, you know, how could some among you say that there is no resurrection? And there are people that believe, you know, Jesus didn't really rise from the dead. And he explains in 1 Corinthians, if there is no resurrection, our faith is in vain. He says, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. And thank God there was a resurrection. Jesus Christ, He did die, but He didn't stay dead. He rose again, and we have hope. We have, we know that one day, if we die, 
on this earth that we will live again. And I thank God for that we have that hope. But we have that hope because of Jesus Christ. And today in America, we're and in the world, where there's a big problem called terrorism that's out there, and people are trying to figure out, you know, why do these people hate us? You know, why do they want to kill us? And for believers, okay, we ought to understand that, that we ought to understand these people really better than anybody, especially if you are a Bible believer, because these people that are carrying out these terrible acts. Okay, the, the religion that they are a part of, that they are involved in, it does not include Christ. Now, we're trying to figure out how we can make a difference in these people's lives, but we're trying to do it without Christ. And as believers, we ought to know that that makes no sense, that it cannot happen. You see, the mindset of these Islamic people that are you know, blowing themselves up and killing people, it's kind of an Old Testament mindset. The, you know, the Muslim religion... Is, has a lot of similarities to what we see in the Old Testament. Okay, and but as believers, okay, as Christians, we also have a New Testament, don't we? Now they don't believe the New Testament. They've not read the New Testament. They don't know about Jesus Christ. But understand, if there were no Jesus Christ, then the truth is the terrorists would be the good guys and we would be the bad guys. And you say, how can you say that? Well, let's look at a few verses. Colossians 3.13 says, Forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any. Even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Okay? Now, I think we need, it ought to be easy for us to admit that in America, we're guilty of quite a bit of sin. There's a lot of wickedness that's going on in this country. But, as believers, as Christians, we know we don't go around killing everybody for it. Why is that? Because we believe in forgiveness. Well, where did we learn about forgiveness? We learned about it from Jesus Christ. And these folks have not been introduced to Jesus Christ, so they don't understand forgiveness. Exodus chapter 21, verse 22 says, If men strive and hurt a woman with child so that her fruit depart from her, and yet no mischief follow, he shall be surely punished according as the woman's husband will lay upon him, and he shall pay as the judge determines. And if any mischief follow, thou shalt give life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burning for burning, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. You understand, that is their way. Okay, We do a lot of wicked stuff in this country, and they feel that we need to die for that. But yet, as Christians, we understand that is not necessary because we understand forgiveness. We understand that Jesus Christ paid for our sins. And so, as a religion, we don't go around killing everybody. Now listen, our government does have the right and the authority to make laws to punish evildoers. And it should do that. It is very appropriate for it to do that. But as a religion, as Christians, we do not go around punishing evildoers. We don't go around killing people for their sins, yet people from these other religions are doing that very thing. Why? Because they don't know Jesus Christ. They don't have a New Testament mindset. Leviticus 24.19, If a man cause a blemish in his neighbor as he hath done, so shall it be done to him. Breach for breach, eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. And he... As he hath caused a blemish in a man, so shall it be done to him again. And he that killeth a beast, he shall restore it. 
and he that killeth a man shall be put to death. Ye shall have one manner of law as well for the stranger as for one of your own country, for I am the Lord your God. I mean, pretty harsh stuff, isn't it? We don't have the stomach for that today. But let me tell you, that's Old Testament right there. And it's a good law. Deuteronomy 19.21 Why do we struggle with this? Well, Deuteronomy 19.21 says, And thine eye shall not pity, but life shall go for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot. You see that? Thine eye shall not pity. You know, we feel bad. We don't want to do those things. But the Bible says you've got to do it. You can't have pity. That's what the Old Testament says. But And understand, if we just believe the Old Testament, then that's what needs to be done. We need to be cutting off a lot of hands, poking out a lot of eyes, killing a whole lot of people. But Matthew 5.38, the words of Jesus Christ, He said, Ye have heard that it's been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you that ye resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if any man will sue thee at the law and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. We've kind of got a different attitude here, a different tune. See, the eye for eye, it was and it is a good law, but we don't have to go by that. And I thank God for that. Why don't we have to go by that? Because Jesus paid for all sin. If you do something to me, I can forgive you. Why? Because that sin has been paid for. It was paid by Jesus Christ. You see, without Christ, without the crucifixion, without the resurrection, we need a world where sins are being paid for and they are paid for by blood. They are paid for by punishment. They are paid for by man's blood. And unfortunately, because we're so sinful, there is going to be a lot of blood being shed. It's going to be a bloody world. And do you understand that's what these people want? Why? Because they have an Old Testament mindset. They don't understand that Jesus Christ died and paid for sins. And so we don't have to return evil for evil. We can just forgive people. And we ought to thank God for that. See, without Christ, we wouldn't know redemption. Colossians 1.13 says, "...who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son, in whom we have redemption through His blood." even the forgiveness of sins. Okay, we believe in redemption. You see, the terrorists, when they look at America, and understand what they see in America is mostly what's coming out of Hollywood, which, boy, makes America look really bad, or what they see from the news media, which is mostly in New York, which also makes us look very bad. When terrorists look at America, they see a country that kills its babies through things like abortion. They see a country that celebrates perversion. They see a country that does not keep themselves clothed. Okay, They believe in keeping their bodies covered. And that's taught in the Bible. Uh, they see a country that doesn't believe in the sanctity of marriage. They see a country that has perverted marriage and, and calls perverted things marriage when it is not. You know, most they see a country that has the drunk driving and the mass shootings that are taking place. They see a country that's filthy rich, but that is lazy and immoral. And they see a country that many are still trying to call a Christian nation, and they believe that we are all Christians. And see, they see Americans, then they see Americans come into their country 
take over, occupy their cities, saying we're trying to spread democracy. But much of what we're trying to bring to the, their country will only bring swift destruction without Christ. Luke 8, or Leviticus 18.20 says, Moreover, thou shalt not lie carnally with thy neighbor's wife to defile thyself with her. And thou shalt not let any of thy seed pass through the fire to Moloch, neither shalt thou profane the name of thy God. I am the Lord. They had abortion back in the Bible days. They just did it after they were born. Kind of like the partial birth abortion in this country. And then uh, Leviticus 18.22, Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is abomination. Neither shalt thou lie with any beast to defile thyself therewith. Neither shall any woman stand before a beast to lie down thereto. It is confusion. Defile not ye yourselves in any of these things. For in all these the nations are defiled, which I cast out before you, and the land is defiled. Therefore I do visit the iniquity thereof upon it, and the land itself vomiteth out her inhabitants. Do you understand when we go over there and we say we're trying to spread democracy? They think, when they think about democracy, they think about the kind of things that we allow in this country that Leviticus 18, 20-25 says will cause the land itself to vomit out their inhabitants. And they see all the STDs and things that we have in this country. They see all the, I mean, junk that has come and all the suffering because of all the perversion in this country. And they don't understand it and they are not going to accept it. They're going to fight it. But understand, we cannot spread liberty without Christ. We can't fight racism without Christ. We've got a lot of racial tension in this country today. And it's because people are always categorizing each other and putting each other into groups. And understand, we can't fix the racial problem without Christ. We can't end violence in the world without Christ. Without Christ... We have no hope. We are of all men most miserable. You know, Titus chapter 2 talks about, you know, us looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of a great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Understand that the answer to all these problems is Jesus Christ. And in our country, we're trying to figure out how to deal with these people and we will not dare bring up the name of Christ when He is the only thing that can fix it. Do we want to make a difference in these other countries? We need to spread the gospel, not spread democracy. If we're, if you want to try to win these people to the Lord, you know, don't win them over by making them American. They need to become a Christian. They need to believe Christ, and they will understand that even though people are sinful, even though they do some wicked things, that we can forgive them. The blood of Christ can cleanse them from their sin. There is such, there is such a thing as redemption. They can become great people. They can become people that have victory over the sin in their life. I mean, it is amazing what the Holy Spirit can do in a person's life. How He can change them. And you and I today, when we see people out there living immoral lives, living wicked lives, we don't kill them. We don't want to kill them. Why? Because it's not, it's not necessary. Jesus Christ paid for their sins. And He can save them if they will believe on Him. He can change their life if they will allow the Holy Spirit to have His way in their life. It's not over. We look at nations that are wicked. And you know what? We're not encouraging our politicians to go over and blow them up. We believe that if we could get the Gospel into those nations, that there could be revival. That we could see those people get saved and their lives changed. But this attitude, this mindset we have, it's because of Jesus Christ. 
And people today are fine with you believing in God, acknowledging God, but they want you to leave Jesus Christ out of it. Our president, he can say, God bless America, and no one will get mad at him because people think, well, yeah, God, you know, it can be any God. It can be Allah, Buddha, you know, whatever, whoever you think God is, but understand that it's Jesus Christ that actually makes a difference. He's the one they have to put their faith and trust in. And if we want to leave Jesus Christ out of everything, we're not going to fix a single thing. We've taken Jesus Christ and the Word of God out of the courthouses, out of the schools. We've taken it out of our government. And look what it is producing. Things are worse now than they have ever been across the world. And until we have a revival in this country and start lifting the name of Jesus Christ and getting the gospel out, we are going to continue to see things go downhill. As our nation becomes more and more secular, understand that these things are going to get worse because the Muslim people, they are very devout in their religion. They follow it very very closely. And when they see us, they see a very wicked and immoral people and they see no hope for us. But if they would be introduced to Jesus Christ, if they would believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, they would understand that He can save us. You see, morally speaking, they are better than we are. The people in Muslim nations, morally speaking, for the most part, are better than most American people because we have gotten very far from God. And as a Christian, I don't believe we need to go around killing Americans just because we are immoral. I believe we need to spread the gospel. I believe we need to forgive and I, we need to have that ministry of restoration. But understand over there, they don't have that mindset. They look at us with disgust. And until they get introduced to Jesus Christ, they will continue to do that. When you get a look at Jesus Christ, you will see yourself as sinful. But when you're just looking at yourself and comparing yourself with man, then we make them look pretty good because of our morality in America. And so if we're going to make a difference, we've got to spread the, God, the message of Jesus Christ. And I hope you'll do that. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this was a help. Thank you for listening to the message this morning by Pastor Tommy McMurtry of Liberty Baptist Church in Rock Falls. We hope you were blessed and invite you to tune in next Sunday at 9.30 a.m. as Pastor Tommy brings you more truths from God's Holy Word. For more information about Liberty Baptist Church, visit their website at experience-liberty.com or you can email them at libertybc2011 at att.net.